Thanks, Basil. I just want to give you a bit of an insight into the, the super coach spotlight with X and Dom. We're going to engage with our minds and our hearts. We're going to exchange ideas, thoughts, and even our energy. And to speak from your heart, you need to have courage. You need to be honest and authentic. We're not always going to get it right. And sometimes, you're not going to agree with us. But that's okay. Because just like you, we care. Just like you, we're passionate about the game. Well, Doma, welcome back to the Monday edition of the Supercoach Spotlight. And what a week it was. There may not have been a lot of football, but there was a lot going on. Did we rise or fall in the ranks, Doma? How did the washout go? Yeah, look, it was honestly a pretty steady week for myself. I, I put up 1976 um, and, and nailed a decent captaincy in Dunkley after missing the, the VC on Butters. Um, I, I went down uh, 200 ranks to a, a total rank of 2.1k, um, which is not too bad. I sort of thought that's where I'd be. Um, pretty happy with, with where I'm at to sort of launch into the back half of this season next. How did you go, mate? Yeah, look, I fared a little bit better, uh, thanks to the bond mainly. I think we would have been very, very close uh, score-wise if I managed to hit anyone else with that big C. But uh, I hit 2083 this week, um, which actually saw me rise in the ranks, 1,270 spots into 3,380. So we're slowly closing in. I'd love to sort of get closer and closer to that top 1K, and I think that just relies on... Um, having a good week this week for starters and then continuing to nail the captaincy. But, yeah, pretty happy with how things are going overall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, both of us have enough trades to get to a, a full side and, and should be able to gain some ground on some people potentially ranked higher than us um, who might not have enough trades to get there. So we'll see how that plays out over the next few weeks. I know what you're, um, what you're keen to get stuck into, Domer, and that would be the Captain's Challenge uh, that we have participated in since the podcast started. Uh, had a couple of push weeks, um, then we had you sort of taking on the chili last time. You ready to sort of run through the results? I am ready to run through the results, actually. Have you got them on hand, mate? I do have them on hand. Thank you for asking. Otherwise, we'll be waiting around while I did some quick math, and that could take far too long for those following along at home. So um, in the VC selections, we had um, Dunkley, Green, and Marshall versus Dunkley, Walsh, Walsh and Sarong. Um, shout out to both of us for having Dunkley as our top VC option. Um, neither of us uh, taking Dunkley as no, VC. Actually, we obviously both... I took him as captain, so I mean, that counts, right? It does, yeah. I'll absolutely give that to you. Um, and, and obviously the pod came out with teams, so it did happen after the uh, the Thursday night game between Port Adelaide and Geelong. So there's only so much we can do, Dom. We, we obviously got to do it for the listeners before our teams um, themselves. So um, pretty good top selections there. Uh, so we had you totaling up an average of 109 between your three selections. Um, Caleb Sarong notably letting you down with a season low of 84. 
Um, and we had me uh, cracking on for an average of 118 between Dunkley, Green and Marshall, which I was pretty happy with. Marshall uh, letting us down with 90, but outside of those... Yeah, of course you know, get green, green on that week that he actually does something. That's unbelievable. And then I get Sarong. You got, that hurts. you got to risk it for the biscuit, Dommer. That's, I did. That's what Sarong. I say in these. Um, it didn't work. <laughs> Sarong's been safe as houses this year. I don't know what you're talking about. Whereas Green, he's up and down like a yo-yo. Anyway, that obviously means nothing because unless you win both VC and C, it is a push and we extend on to next week. Dom, can you just remind us, what was the punishment again um, for losing? Yeah, so we, we did consult. We, we came up with um, an ice bucket as the first week. Um, if it was to be pushed, it would be transgressed into an ice bath. Um, so if, at the moment on the line, we've got an, uh, an ice bucket over the head um, for the loser. Well, a quick one for you, Dom. We, we saw how you handled the heat last week. How, how do you reckon you could handle the cold? Why are you asking me that question, mate? No, no reason. Anyway, let's get stuck into captaincy. So we obviously had on my side Bond, English and Taranto. Um, and on your side, we had Marshall, Wits and English, the three big men, so the tall timber. Um, so your tall timber managed to get an average of 108 between them uh, with the, the notable score Gee, of English consistent. at 133. Is that the exact same Isn't it? for the VCs? No, you had 109 for VC, so you're slightly better on that one, but, but incredibly consistent. Um, and I must, I got to pat myself on the back here, Don, because I went absolute, absolutely bananas this week in the captaincy selections with an average of 143 between my three selections. So, um, there was the length of the Flemington between you and I this week, uh, when it Could comes have gone to either captaincy way, choices. Could have gone either way. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you have again? So, had Bont, English and Taranto. So, Taranto was my lowest with 128. Taranto is a good shout there. I said that during the thing, and, and once I sort of heard that live, I was like, actually, I kind of regret not having him in there. <laughs> but we do we do this every week. I think um, Taranto always flies under the radar for us. I, I'm glad we managed to throw Dunkley in the works this week because we've we've talked about him but never committed to it. So good on you for sort of getting the C on there. And, um, and yeah, I guess what you win is, is a nice bucket over the head. We call it the captain's challenge. It's starting to be bloody my challenge, mate, at this point. <laughs> I think your captaincy selection's a challenge, mate, to be honest. So, you know, the worst um, thing is, I've done better this week than I've lost still. I mean, you, 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 who did you who did you VC this week? You obviously saw your captain, Bont, which is lucky. Who, who just stuffed the VC on? So, VC, I had it on Stuart, which Oof. was horrendous. Yeah, he's 91, was no good. But he look, the one the one good thing about getting a really, really average VC is it makes the choice really easy. When they put up like a 115, then you're sitting there going, oh, should I, shouldn't I? And and then you don't manage to snag Bont's 169. So I think that's genuinely probably got lucky. Like, between our scores this week, I would have put up like maybe 10 points less than you had we both captain Bont. Um, and then say if you can get Bont, then, you know, we probably... You put up worse than me, which is it, it is huge during these buy rounds to, to nail the captain. And um, yeah, I mean, like obviously I, I nailed it this week, but I didn't nail it in, in the challenge, unfortunately, which is going to hurt me. So I guess that's going to look like um, a, a bit of an ice bucket over over the head prior to the um, the teams and the trades podcast on on Thursday um, night slash slash Friday morning, depending on when it gets uploaded. X. So look for that to be live on the Instagram page at Supercoach underscore Spotlight. Um, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to wear for this this challenge just yet, but uh, I've got a couple of days to, to figure it out. 
Well, I reckon um, chucking the Richmond jersey on would be a good one. But, you know, I, I'm completely up to you and your creative license, mate. I look forward to seeing what you come up with. Um, and, and look, that it just if, if nothing else, it's just more incentive to do better in this week's Captain's Challenge. Um, one other thing now that we've got a, a really quick... This is putting the challenge on our um, sort of creative thoughts, isn't it? Because we're going to have to come up with something else again. Again, for this that's, that's probably the, the biggest problem, isn't it? Trying to sort of get our creative minds working because uh, both of us uh, probably lack that asset in, in the brain department. So <laughs> I think hey. figuring that out will be uh, a real challenge. And obviously, we've got now till Thursday to come up with some ideas. I think what is fun is sort of coming up with our own different spins and pitching it to each other. So I think this, this week we'll probably come up with different ones um, because I think we, we both sort of come up with pretty much exactly the same one last week. Well, probably benefited by, as you sort of said, the creativity is lacking and then having the King's birthday clash and, and the big freeze were probably <laughs> very much drawn to something that had just happened. So this, this, this week, with, with no external influences, uh, we're kind of forced to come up with something different. So I have full faith that you and I are going to put our heads together or heads apart in this equation and come up with something that will be equally as brilliant as the first two weeks. Um, but look, Dom, are you sort of keen to get kicking into the first game of the round? Yeah, as soon as, uh, the quicker we get off this captain topic, the better for me. It's, uh, it's been a, a sore point um, for me in the Supercoach world. And, you know, just let's just move on to, to the game. I obviously saw Power take on the Cats. Um, in Adelaide and uh, come home with the, the chockies, mate. It was a, it was actually an entertaining game of footy and uh, the Cats just were, were nowhere near up to them by the end. They sort of ran over the top. Obviously, a few notable performances uh, from Houston, who had a quiet week last week, bounced back this week with a huge score of, of 146. Um, he was he was everywhere, mate. He was taking inset marks and, and he was doing a lot. 83% efficiency as well is always going to help. You obviously saw the game as well, X. Too many takeaways for you? What, what did you think of it? Yeah, well, Dan Houston, God, it's perplexing. After watching him last week, I'd pretty much written him off, off Dom. He was nowhere last week. He he couldn't even crack 60 points. He put up 59. And he just couldn't ever, he could get into the game. Whereas he had the ball on a string. Like, as you say, like when they were kicking it through, you know, the middle of the ground, Dan Houston always seemed to be the intercept marker. He was lightning by foot as well. As you say, 83% efficiency uh, with only three clangers from well, with you know over 30 kicks. So 19 kicks, you know what I mean? 19 kicks and 83% efficiency, that's that's wild. He's not, like, is he going to do this every week? No. Is he back into the equation for who we might consider in our back six? Yes, which is kind of annoying um, because like that back six, I don't know about you, Don, but that's probably where I'm struggling the most with... Sicily um, pending his appeal this week. Uh, I just have no idea who I want back there now. Yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly a tough assignment to figure out who the top six will be back there from this point forward. Um, I think I'm a point Another, thankful that I have Yo, so I have a couple of weeks to, to figure it out. Sticking with the um, Port Adelaide side, Dom, Zach Butters, who started the game like a house on fire, yeah. um, he, looked, he looked incredible in that first quarter. I think he would have been on 44, 45 after the first quarter. He was close um, to 50, wasn't he, in the first quarter? And I was, I was sending you a few messages saying, he's on for 200, you know, this is the game, finally. Um, and I had my VC on him, so I was sitting there laughing. And, but he just, he just fizzled out like a... A pack of potatoes, didn't he? Like he didn't do too much past past that point. Once he got that, that bit of a hit in the in the forward pocket, um, sort of saw him get sort of phased out of the game um, in the midfield rotation a little bit. I think Ken Hinckley wanted to protect uh, one of his emeralds, to be honest. And um, Butters 
Obviously, if they could get him through the game and keep him safe for next week, that was always going to be a priority, and they managed to do that. And um, but it's, look, he he put up a so-so score of ninety ninety, almost topped the ton, and uh, he's just he's so good to watch. I I really do enjoy watching Butters. I, I am jealous sometimes of of watching you have him. Um, another notable member, I think these guys always get put in a basket together. Is Connor Rose? He was he was fantastic again. He's so damaging when he gets the footy, Rose. How did you sort of see his game, Dyer? Yeah, it's actually been pretty consistent over the, over the past month, and and it's always sort of funny because those two Butters and Rose wear the same sort of footy boots. So when either of them get it, you're just like always thinking it's Butters, but it was actually Rose getting it all the ball um, in this game. And yeah, obviously I think a lot of people went from him from the start, and it's good to see just consistently rewarding us for that pick. Um, but yeah, he's, he's always been pretty silky with his skills, and he had plenty of the ball to uh, obviously score 111. Um, in terms of other key takeaways, obviously Quinton Napoo came in and played his first game for the Power, um, late call-up, potential rookie option. Um, comes in at a, at a pretty expensive price point, low X, and you know job security in this side is pretty tough. Is he someone you'd even look at? Oh, I think he's got to come into consideration because there is very, very few options. Uh, I struggle to see how many teams he'd be appropriate in, um, just given his price point. And... In saying that, like he scored sixty from two goals, that yeah. also terrifies me. Uh, to think that that's all you're scoring when you actually hit the scoreboard like that. So he he did sort of get port firing um, in this game. He was a big piece into you know why they started to wrestle back that momentum and get on top of Geelong. But yeah, I I, I don't like to be completely honest and to answer your question, I won't be bringing him into my team. Not at that price point. Yeah, we sort of try to steer clear of, of rookies upwards of over 200k if we can. Um, obviously, we, we haven't been able to too much this year, unfortunately. Uh, but I'd say that's probably the most relevant stuff for Port Adelaide. Obviously, Dill Williams, 69, but he probably should be gone. Uh, I think the only other well. one, Dom, that, that people probably might have, he was a big one this year, is Horn Francis. Obviously, a shocking game from him with 41. So I think if you do have Horn Francis, the time has definitely come to, to move him on. Yeah, he's been a bit of a slump lately. But he, as you as you know, he's he's going to be a bit of a yo-yo player. It's, it's up and down. You're not going to know exactly what you're going to get with him week in, week out. Um, he sort of gets thrown all over the place. He still has like pretty decent uh, midfield attendance in, in sort of 52% CBAs, which he's had all year. Just doesn't seem to be having as much impact as he was probably at the start of the year, which sort of saw a few people get him in. Um, and then look, in terms of, of the cat sexy, not too many points Supercoach wise going on this side, was there? Horrendous. Like, I actually thought fan footy might have been glitching for a little while because I was looking through the scores and I'm like, how can they all be so bad? Yeah, they're not um, e- Even though that Port Adelaide, you know, they, they had so many people who were, you know, going good. Um, but, like, there wasn't huge scores. Like, Houston was still one four six, but outside of him and Wines, it was pretty average. I think the, the points are just so evenly spread because it was quite a, a, a wet and sloppy game for the most part. But... Yeah, there's not there's not a lot to talk about on the cat side. Stuart, you know, he started the game really slowly and sort of got going a little bit late. He, he was very lucky to get to 91, to be honest. He looked, Just to give you an idea, he had 66 Dream Team. So he's lucky he used the ball well. He went um, at 94% efficiency. But if he didn't do that, mate, this would have been a very, very average score. Yeah, he, he typically doesn't let you down too much uh, when he does have these sort of games, and I guess that sort of goes to show his, his consistency. Um, but yeah, look, obviously a tough matchup with, with Port Adelaide and, and the way they sort of get the, the footy moving in the forward line, it's, it's really quick and doesn't really allow him to get his intercept game flowing as much as it normally does. 
Um, I guess a few other talking points is obviously the, the injuries and, and stuff like that with um, Tanner Bruin, shoulder. Um, and obviously, we, we spoke about um, Dangerfield, Dangerfield as well. Dangerfield, yeah. In, in the collusion. I went back and listened to that podcast, X, and you did say collusion. It, it is confirmed you said collusion. Uh, well, I'll talk about collusion later, mate, because I've got a story for you. But I uh, actually <laughs> listened to it as well, and uh, I'll, I'll agree. I definitely did but, say uh, collusion. So you doubled look, down that's, and that's lied me. to me. Is, is the the part that hurts? Like you know, if you just said, "Yeah, look, oh, I made a mistake there," that's okay. But you just doubled down. What I'll down. say though is, it was I, I said it so confidently because I, yeah, I genuinely I believed, believed I didn't say it. So uh, it was a bit disappointed to get uh, caught with my hand in the cookie jar like that. But um, we'll promptly move on from that one, Dom. I do have a question for you. So I know you're in a situation where you had Mitch Nevitt who for some godforsaken reason, found his way out of Geelong's best 22 this week, not even sub. Did you hold, and are you going to hold another week? What What's your theory on Mitch Nevitt? Yeah, mate, he's got such a low break even. I did hold. I made zero trades um, this week in the end because Atkins obviously wasn't named as a sub, so took a bit of a punt and, and left him in the side. Um, so, yeah, I, I held. I think he does come back into this side. Not, not just because of the injuries, but also Jack Bowes played in a horrendous game of footy. Obviously, he got subbed out as well. So I genuinely do think um, he's a big chance. To, oh, Jack Bowes was the sub, so Jack Bowes did come on and didn't do too much um, when Tanner Bruin went off. Um, but yeah, I, I genuinely think he should get a starting spot in this side. He's definitely good enough. But if he is a sub, I'll probably still hold anyway. I'm that desperate for players, to be honest. X, how about yourself? I know you have him as well. Yeah, look, I did the same, Dom. I think when someone's sitting there with a negative break even, it's just too tempting to try and milk the last little bit of money out of them. And and the thing is, we've talked about this as well, Nevitz was playing so well the week before. He obviously turned up. He was not he's, um, worthy of losing his spot in the side. No, nah, his break even is 19, though. It's not negative. It's, it's definitely really low. And I think for him to put up like a 60 or a 70, that's like another 20K. And that brings him close to like that 300K price point where it's okay. really easy like... You know, he wants to Atkins and you can get like a, a Clary pretty pretty close to, you know what I mean? Um, it that, shows how few options there were yeah. this week, Dom, that he's had a break even of 19. I haven't even thought about it. Like, I yeah. didn't even cross my mind to trade him out because there was just no one to go to. Oh, exactly right. Yeah. I think you probably might have done yourself a disservice if you did trade him out just because you need all the players you can come um, this round. Um, but I guess if you did trade him out to a primo that is playing, it, it might not be the worst option either way. Um, but yeah, let, let's, let's move on to the exit. Actually, the last point is probably Jeremy Cameron's in a, in a huge form slump X and he's, his price point just keeps sort of going down and down and down. He's break even. 438 now, Dommer. That's what he's priced at. Yeah. Well, would you believe it? After being almost 600 at one point. I was genuinely contemplating him getting him in um, this week just because I saw the midfield come back for the Cats and I thought, you know, hey, he's going to get some pretty good service here and I can see him, um, you know, really capitalising it back to that sort of early season form that he was in. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't look to be the case <laughs> in terms of that that round. Keep in mind, obviously, Port Adelaide, pretty tough opponent this year. Um, and they've obviously got Melbourne this week. But after that, it comes to a pretty decent run for, for Geelong. They've got Sydney, North Melbourne, Essendon, Brisbane, Frio. Yeah, it's not too bad, uh, but then it goes back into a, a pretty tough run. So probably would steer clear of Jeremy Cameron nowadays, X. So that, that ship sailed, I think. Well, all I'll say on that, Dom, to close that game out, because uh, I think Jeremy Cameron's a great talking point. If you're one of those people who's managed to trade really smartly and end up with you know some extra cash and some cash cows on the bench, if you could make Jeremy Cameron your F7, 
Because um, I, th- I envisage he's going to get very cheap, Dom. He could May fall as well. to yeah, three seventy. Wait, one or two. He could he weeks. could be someone he, you could he, get. Yeah, don't, yeah. Because his break even is ninety. It's not too bad. He's getting to a point where price wise, where like it's pretty hard to go down even further. Um, <laughs> so I think he put up fifty three. I think the most he gets to is potentially four hundred k. And as you say, if you do have like a Humphrey, that's a straight swap. You know what I mean? You can swap Humphrey to, to Cameron, which is sounds like a pretty you know good proposition potentially if you if you have that spare. Um, person, so yeah, I think that's good talking points and, and something to consider. Uh, obviously, a lot, a lot of people more focused on just finishing this side before getting a twenty third premium. Um, let's so they should be promptly move on to the, the next game. Obviously, mate, Brisbane Lions versus the Swans. It's actually a, a pretty free flowing game, and I, I thought it was pretty decent to watch. X, um, we saw uh, some big scores in this one, opposed to the last game on, on both sides. Um, Luke Parker came back in for the Swans and made an immediate impact with a one forty five and. We spoke about him a few weeks ago being a really interesting pod X and I'm starting to think uh, he would be a really good pod to get and I do have one more midfield spot left. Actually, no, I think I have two more midfield spots left so I could potentially go a Parker and a Clary or a Parker and a Laird and I'm genuinely tossing that up to be honest. It's just His durability is the only question but he looks the best he's ever looked this year. And if I remember correctly, Dom, prior to our captaincy selections last week, you actually floated Parker's name and said, "Oh no, nah, that's can't do that. That's stupid. I'll 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 get a nice bucket over my head." How do How do you sort of feel looking back now? Yeah, you know what? I feel fine because I sort of bloody lost anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, well, I mean, well said. Well if said. You, if you're gonna lose, you may as well make it a good one. You know, don't just lose. That's 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 not. You gotta do it properly. Um, so, uh, yeah. So um, kicking on from Parker, Dom. Obviously, he was fantastic and um, and was the Swans' best, I think, by a country mile. But there was a couple of really good con- contributors that um, that are in a lot of teams. That being Errol Goulden, I thought he played a really solid game. Um, hit the scoreboard as well. It was kind of a little bit disappointing for him to have, you know, twenty seven touches of the footy, two goals, and only the one eleven. But I guess he gets a lot of outside ball and he only used it at 60% efficiency, so that's probably the reasoning why. Um, the one I want to talk with you about, Dom, because he looked substantially better this game than he did last week, was Jake Lloyd. Um, he's returned to the half-back line. How did you see it? It's a, a huge shock. Can you believe it, X, that Lloyd plays well on the half-back line? Like, I, I thought he was normally going to be a fish out of water back there, mate, but, you know, when you put him back there, it's easy disposals. He gets involved two or three times in the chain, gives you a lot of drive forward out of the back line, so... Yeah, he played well. He had 27 um, possessions and 17 kicks at 85% efficiency. For me, I think that should be more than 103 um, in terms of super coach wise So I feel like a little bit robbed there. Obviously, a lot of it's uncontested and outside ball. But, I mean, 17 kicks, 85% efficiency, that's got to be a bit more points, X. What do you reckon about that? Well, I think um, what we saw this this round, and it's pretty consistent through all games, strangely enough, is... The, like the teams that got all the points, so in this case, the Brisbane Lions uh, seemed to get a bulk of them, excluding Parker. The The rest of the points just didn't get allocated to the other side. And once we get to the Kangaroos um, side, I'll make this point again. But yeah, I agree. I think for the way he played and the way he used the football, uh, 103 is probably not fair in terms of the reflection of, of how he went. Other talking points on the Swan side, Dom, Gus Sheldrick. Uh, he wasn't on many play uh, in many, many people's watch lists, I wouldn't have thought, but he was immense uh, in the third quarter, getting two goals and kind of getting them going um, and getting them back into the game. It looked like they were going to take over for a second there. Did you catch any of his game? 
you know, yeah, I caught this, the whole of this game X. So we've obviously oh, you watched it all for, for ten minutes, yeah, mate. So it's, it's great to hear. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why you ask that every time you throw it over to me. It's always, did you catch the game? Uh, what about what? What are your well, thoughts? You know, you're so often hung over, mate. That's this is the issue. Were, were you conscious when you were watching it? That's that's maybe what I should ask. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Just <laughs> it's Friday. It's Friday night, mate. I've got a footy on on the Saturday, so I'm having just a couple of beers and I'm enjoying the football, my friend. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think this is going to be a bit of an anomaly game for for Sheldrick. He looked really good. Obviously, um, had had a little bit of midfield time, but but Parker took up predominantly that that role that he had last week, and and most of his scoring sort of came off those goals that he, he kicked at really clutch points. Um, you know, he, he had a bit of it. He had nine disposals, but. Can I see him going back to a 60, 50 player? Absolutely. Um, and, and as you said, the, the ship sort of sailed for him. So if you've got 190K a, now, Donna. Yeah, 190K. Ship sailed, ship sailed, mate. You want him at one... Like for, for the gamble that he is, you want him at what he was at and even potentially even a bit cheaper. Um, yeah, probably cheaper. Um, but that's okay. Um, I guess we obviously had another rookie in, in Lewis Malikin, the Pelican. Um, we floated yeah, him as the, as the only option down back really last week. Uh, or this week that we're reviewing, um, like he, he pretty solid game, sixty eight. He has not too much of the footy, but when he does get it, it's mostly intercept marks and, and contested. So he scores really well from from low possessions, and that's sort of what you can expect out of, out of a key. Um, but you kind of need him to score around this mark, if not more, to to even be a valid pick X. And I'm still happy I didn't go him to be honest, even though he scored pretty well. Uh, I just don't think he. I think um, I'd compare this a little bit to like your thoughts on Fife last week. Like this week, you've survived if you picked him. You haven't won. You've survived. So you just you just ride yeah. him week to week and hoping that yeah. he can have one spike saw. Well, which I'm look watching him play. I'm not completely mm. sure he's capable of a spike score but look he, he should be solid enough around the 50 or 70 but look is that what you want at 170k probably not yeah i don't think he is capable of spike score actually i think he's going to be that more consistent player around 70 75 um which if he does that that's not the worst pick ever but you kind of want to pick yeah him i agree have, have higher ceilings um at, at, better than charlie constable yeah, at least he's on the park and, and making it a little bit of cash, so you, you can't complain too much. Obviously, Jack Buller played as well mid-season. He was um, subbed out as well and, and on 17 points. So I did say if he puts in 60, he's coming in beside X and he, he hasn't put up 60 yet. No, he's not coming in at, at this He was stage. only 43 points away, though, Dom. He's uh, almost there. Yeah, if he had to play the full game out, mate, he might have got even closer, you know, so... He looks like a, a little bit um, off the level, um, as to be expected. Um, always a tough role to come in as well, being sort of a key forward in a struggling outfit against a, a pretty good outfit that is the Brisbane Lions. So let's let's move on and touch on a few of their scores. Actually, obviously, I did mention potentially a Lockie Neal being a good trade last week as well, and he went bang with with one forty four and. To be honest, he didn't look that special this game, X, and that's sort of what you kind of want out of, out of your players when they put up games and, and stuff like this. In, in a game that just looks like a, a mediocre game, um, that's the, that's a perfect super coach pick, I think. What, what did you think of, of Neil's game? Well, actually, I, I remember commenting on Neil last week, Tom, and I said like Neil looked like he just didn't want it that game, like he wasn't tackling. Um, he was he was very slow when it came to getting to the next context. And I actually listened to him um, speak after their loss to Hawthorne and um, he spoke really well. He said, you look, you know, there's a couple of moments where I had opportunities to, to get into the contest and, and, you know, I was too slow to get there and, and I didn't tackle as well as I wanted to tackle. The team didn't tackle as well as we wanted to tackle and that really reduced pressure around the footy. And he rectified that, that this week. Like, he rectified that something fierce. He, he had seven tackles. 
he would like all his possessions. So out of his twenty nine possessions, Dom sixteen were contested. So more than half his possessions were contested, and he still went at almost ninety percent efficiency. So well, this on. is what we want from Neil. Yeah, he went at ninety percent efficiency. That, that, the reason why, because he's got twenty one handballs, mate. So it, it's pretty easy to hit a handball. But the, it's contested, mate. If if you're getting ten clearances like Lockie Neil oh, did, you're going to be the first person shoveling it out. Yeah, but I, I was really I agree, impressed. But that's with his why he's got back. high efficiency. Normally, he will be no any of that if he's kicking the footy. Um, so that's just why it's there. <laughs> it is, it's harder to get an effective kick than hand pass. I agree uh, with you on that. Hundred um, percent. In terms of that, I think that's probably I guess where Dunkley sets the the bar with tackling and, and that sort of stuff. Dunkley does a little bit of everything. Actually. Kicks goals, he does tackling, he gets a contested ball, he gets the ball on the outside, he takes marks. So I feel like a little bit of that tacking, tackling and velocity sort of spread into the to the Brisbane Lions midfield. They had really good pressure this game, um, and that sort of helped help them get over the line against the Swans this week. Um, but touching on, yeah, so scoring Dunkley 137, uh, I was pretty happy with that. I think obviously he's flown under the radar, similar to Toronto um, as captaincy and, and VC options. Um, but he's sort of come through for me the last few weeks in, in terms of the throwing his name out there. He's really performed well. Um, and it can't knock him, actually, he just does it all, as I said. And, and the more avenues you get you set to sort of score points, the more consistent you are going to be doing that. And the more chances you have to have these ceiling games that he, that he does have so often. Um, in terms of, of Oscar McInerney, pretty pretty big spike game out of the out of the big fella, big O, 46 hitouts, dominant performance um, against Tom Hickey. Obviously, I don't think too many people would have him because I don't think he's super coach relevant at all. But he he actually had a sneaky good season. The, the big O, have you have you caught much of, of his seasons today? Have you <laughs> kept your eye? What on was him? that throw across? That seemed a lot uh, like one of my throw across. I said, I said have you I said have you caught much? Almost said you catch much of the game, but <laughs> have you caught much of his season, mate? Uh, look, I, I have had a look at his score. Like, the big O is so, so reliant on his tap work. And luckily in this game, there are a ton of stoppages. Like, Hickey still had 35 hitouts. So, that like, that's a massive, massive game when it comes yeah. to hitouts from both of them. Um, look, he, he, he's very capable of getting tons. He is. Um, he's also very capable of having a stinker every now and then. I wouldn't be touching him with a 10-foot pole, but I do like the big O, and obviously any excuse to say his nickname will get around. I don't think we should focus there for too much longer, Dom. There are a couple of other names in the Brisbane's line side that I would like to get to. One I'll leave to last because I'm worried about how long you'll spend talking about him. Um, but the other two are <laughs> two, two very young guys coming into this squad. The first one being Kai Lohman, who looked quite good coming into his first game of the season for the Lions. And Jasper Fletcher in his first game in the AFL looked really, really good too, both getting low 60s. What did you think of their games? Yeah, I really liked Jasper. He had a bit of um, a touch of class and a bit of composure um, for such a young player coming to the side. And that's what you're always sort of looking for when you do trade in rookies. So I think both passed the eye test. Um, yeah, obviously not at the best price points ever, but... Definitely something to consider because um, obviously we, I think we're all looking for scores this week, X. And if you were to take one of the two at this point, who would you sort of tip to be the one, Jasper or, or Kyle Oban? Uh, well, I'd leave it purely up to what position you need a rookie in. So um, Jasper's a pure mid, Kai's a pure forward. And uh, I think at this point in the season, Dom, if your team and my team are anything to go by, you don't really get a choice. It's kind of just which rookie's ready to go. So, you know, for a lot of people who have Eddie Ford, who's on the chopping block, um, I think going to, you know, someone like Kai Lohman's not a bad idea. Going to Marich is a, is a good idea as well. But look, you know, you, you, you can wait another week if you want to. Um, the last name I want to get to, Dom, is Devin Robertson. I know you were big on this guy from the last podcast. He obviously rewarded you with 95 points. Um, you, you would have been in love with his game from the weekend. 
Yeah, do as I say, not as I do, actually. I, I did say get him in, but I didn't get in myself. Um, <laughs> but that's because I Typical. genuinely don't have any like, midfield players that aren't playing. Like, I, I, my whole bench in the midfield is all playing. Like, I've got Nevitt, Wardlaw. Like, I, there, there's no one ready to go unless I trade, like, a constable. And I, I just can't justify losing money um, trading him in, unfortunately. But I, I really liked his game. He looks super consistent. He um, obviously missed a pretty easy goal from, like, 15 metres out as well, which would have got him well over a tonne. Uh, but look, not a high performance game by any means, um, but really consistent. He uses the footy really well in terms of um, when he does get it. I think um, pretty contested player as well, X. I'd get him in potentially if he did have the catch, but uh, it's, it's, it's again, the ship sort of sailed on him, hasn't it, X? If you didn't get him in last week, you're probably not getting him in anymore, are you? Nah, so, let him go, mate. Let's move on to the orange tsunami versus the purple haze. Uh, what a disappointing game this was from Frio. Did you um, did you manage to catch this one, Dom? Is this one on your watch list this weekend? Can you stop saying that, mate? We need a better, Did you watch it? We need a better I, did, I, I actually I actually didn't watch this at all. So there you go. You can throw it across and I'll say no. Well, I'm not going to throw it off. Can you, can you shut your dog up? <laughs> I, can, I can try, but it has a mind of its own. All right. Um, so, yeah, no, I did watch this game. I, I, I love watching the Purple Haze <laughs> uh, versus the Giants. Giants were absolutely dominant in this affair, and it all started from the midfield um, as well. And, and look, it, it was just a, a midfield domination as well as a forward and a back domination in terms of Fremantle couldn't get anything going forward of the footy, um, and whereas the Western Giants... The Western Giants. The Western, the Western greater, Giants? The, the, the Greater Western Sydney Giants. Love it. Um, yeah, so they're, they've, they've absolutely killed him in the midfield and their back line this week was, it was as strong as ever, as I mentioned. Pretty stacked. Obviously, Haynes um, went down injured, which could be good potentially for Harry Himmelberg owners. Um, but again, if you don't have him, I'm going to put a line through a mix and say, don't get him in. Um, but yeah, obviously, dominant affair. I, I think we'll, we'll touch on, on the more exciting scores, um, and that is with the winning side, as you did mention Seem to be a bit of the, the theme of the week, which is with the Giants. Josh Kelly comes back and, wow, immediate impact straight away. X1, 64 Supercoach points. It always hurts me seeing him go well because I started him at the start of the season had to trade him out due to that concussion. Um, but obviously I got Dacos in, so it could have been worse. But I just know how good of a player he is, mate. He's an absolute Ferrari, as you, as you said to me, um, throughout this game uh, after you saw his score. Um is he someone you'd even throw in the, you know, in the ring now? Like, you know his scoring potential is huge, but can you trust him to be on the park for the rest of the year? Uh, uh, that's the big question, isn't it? Like, what we know about Josh Kelly, he is an, he's a class affair. He is capable. He has one of the biggest ceilings of anyone in Supercoach. Will he stay on the park week to week? Oh, I mean, this is probably the reason you... Like, if you're someone who just wants a point of difference and you want to live and die by the sword, look no further. Josh Kelly, Jelly, he is your man. And this is why. He can just turn games off his own boot. He is so, so good when he's on. Um, it just worries me, Dom. Like, they did dominate this one, like, like very, very easily. It's not going to be like this every week, but... Uh, he just he doesn't have a good history, does he? Like, there's a reason he's not in your team at the moment, and that's because he got injured. And I, I think he's very capable of doing so again. Yeah, I Look, think... If, you've, you've touched him. Would you touch him again? If you've got less than two spare trades or, or even one spare trade or at, at the end of the season, if, if you, that's a calculation. So say if you're down to about seven or eight trades and you need three more primos or, or two more primos, um, no, don't touch him just because yeah. you know, I don't think you can trust him. Obviously, you've got a, a background of soft tissue injuries and 
He's sort of built out of bloody wet tissue paper sometimes <laughs> when you see him <laughs> running around. Um, but God, the next bloke I want to chat about next has probably been the absolute steal of the season, super coach wise. And I think people who haven't gone him um, are really going to, this is going to really hurt them um, in terms of, of their cash generation, A, but also the ability to finish their side as well as, as the options that it gave you. And that's Kieran Briggs. And I, I think he's really pushing to be the number two ruck um, since he's sort of come in. Well, in our lunchtime walk around Marvel, uh, you, are, you are very big on saying Briggsy's Briggsy's charging into that second position behind English um, when it comes to the supercoach Ruckman. And the way he's performing, Dom, it's getting quite hard to argue with you. He was fantastic again this week and, he's, you know, uh, just 13, 13 possessions, but 129. What's going on? He's averaging 116x. That is absolutely mental for someone who's played, what, five or six games, six games now? Yeah, um, he's played. He's played five games now, um, and that's wow. like that's, that's enough of a form guy to tell you that he is going to be a premium ruck. And he's come up against some really tough ruckmen as, as well. Like, but he's come up against Marshall. To be fair, actually, Marshall's probably not the hardest ruckman to get to go to go against because he's not actually massive. Um, and I guess Geelong's not too bad, but they had, they had what about Nank the Tank. Nank the Tank, you were worried Nank about. Nank the Tank. He, he, managed he to dominated. Dominate he dominated the tank, um, and then Goldstein. I wouldn't say he dominated Goldstein, um, but was very competitive um, in that game. Um, and then Jackson was absolutely no match um, for the bigger-bodied big fella. Um, he does come into to talks for, for a few people, I think. And I think, you know, ex, he's at 450K. Like I said, look, you can't go him last week. He's made another 60K this week, and it probably would have been absolutely stroke of genius to get him in last week <laughs> if he could have. Uh, but he's made another... You know, you know the... F- the what? funny thing, Dom, is I've listened back to this podcast and every week bar the the week he was on the bubble, I've said, nah, not, not a good idea. Nah, not a good yeah, idea. It's a good, and week, every it's good week idea I, every time. I've wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea every yeah. single time. So yeah. you know what I'm going to do, Dom? I'm going to say it is a good idea, but only if you answer this question. If you think Briggs has the possibility of averaging in the top two in the ruck for the rest of the season, get him in now because he is a steal. Yeah, well, for me, right, I think he is a genuine 550 to potentially even a 600k player. Um, he, he does seem pretty durable. Like, obviously, I haven't heard about Ian Niggles or anything that he's had so far, and he, he bashes the, the packs, and he's the biggest bloke out there, so it'd be pretty hard to, to get him down. Um, so like, I, I'm tossing up that as an option this week. If like I copped an extra donut by like almost trading out Marshall to Briggs and then doing a double upgrade... You know, or something like that. Just something radical like that. I'm, I'm tossing up, um, doing because that gives me, I guess, I don't know, an extra hundred k, and then maybe I could do one upgrade this week, and then two upgrades next week, or one upgrade next week. And I don't know. I'm thinking about it, but potentially I could just wait one more week and, and let Marshall play this week, and, and then potentially trade Marshall down at Briggs because I, Marshall isn't looking that, the goods for me, X. To be honest, I, I think I kind of like. Briggs over Marshall at this point. Um, and I think Man with short memory. That's what I say about 120K, you. mate. I've lost enough money in, in getting people in like Walsh, potentially can get rid of Marshall and make that money back on Briggs. Um, but yeah, I think for people who didn't go him, that's going to be an absolute killer this season because he's best pick by far, I think. Um, obviously, barring an injury, X, I don't, don't want to say that, but barring an injury, he's going to be the best pick this year. Um, but yeah, let's, let's move on to your other captaincy selection, obviously in Tom Green. 
did really well, 127. Obviously, racks up the same amount of the footy that he has for the last 10 weeks. Um, but he's actually got some points this week to, to speak about X. So it's good to see, obviously, a few tackles and, and using the footy better. Um, so I don't think there's too much to say there. We did mention that, look, Josh Kelly coming to this side is going to be handy for Tom Green and Cornelio because they sort of worked it well, really well together and they don't really steal each other's points. It's more like a compliment um, to each other because they all have someone to go to when they get it. So rather than just getting a handball that's ineffective, they're getting effective handballs that are contested possessions, which is just is great for Supercoach scoring um, as well. And, yeah, similar to mention, Cornelio bounced back pretty well with 112x. I know you're big on him last week as a captaincy option. You'd be happy um, setting that score out of him. It's, it's, not, it's not a ceiling score by any means, but you'd always take a ton out of it, any forward. Yeah, and he was trying. He was he was starting to like really sap some money as well. Like he was he's losing his his profit. So good good to see that he's kind of um, slowed the bleeding he, a little he steadied bit. Steadied the ship week. a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, just a, just a tiny bit. Um, as you sort of said, Green was fantastic in terms of the Giants. There's um not too much else to speak about. Obviously, Harry Himmelberg, Dom. I see him as just an absolute trap. Would you agree with that statement? I, I, yeah, I don't know why people are going him. Um, there's better options in the back line than him um, by a country mile. So I'd rather go like Tarrant Thomas or something like that over, over Himmelberg. Yeah, so, I agree. Uh, and I, and I, think, I think we're we're going off one statement from Kingsley that said he'll be playing predominantly back and now we're all, oh, he's a premium. Yeah, no, he's, I, I know. He's absolutely not. We're desperate for cash or we're desperate for mid-prices really this year. So I think people are just jumping on anything um, and that sort of is a testament to that as well. Um, I guess the last thing is, I guess, Toby Green kicked four goals, put up 98, which I thought was a bit stiff. You probably think you'd at least crack a ton with four goals, X. So that's probably the only... Stiff as a small forward, right. I tell you. Yeah, it, it's a tough life. That's probably the only um, subcoach relevant side things for um, the Giants. gets Angwin scored what, ne- what negative, one, Angwin? Yeah. Yeah, negative, <laughs> negative one. What about Angwin? Yeah, negative one. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, subbed out. So... That's uh, that's not ideal um, by any means. He, he was the sub. He was the sub. He was the sub. So yeah, obviously you've traded him anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, and we'll move on to the Dockers. X Luke Jackson obviously scored well playing in that ruck role. As I mentioned, mate, rucks it's it's easy money in Supercoach, isn't it? You're just getting gifted points for just being out there, really. Yeah, I mean, Jackson's not super relevant, so I don't want to spend too much time on him. Luke Ryan was surprising this game. He, he didn't look that good. He used the ball well. That's what saved him. Got to 106. It's his first ton in a little while. I, I'd still be avoiding him like the plague, as I would with uh, his fellow defender in Hayden Young. He just... Look, he's a great player. He just doesn't seem to be ready to join the you know the premium list of defenders yet. Uh, neither of those would be in your calculations, Dom, I'm assuming. No, I am a strong advisor against this. It's, it's the same as the Z-Wall. Um, the way they sort of switch their game style um, is not suitable. Although I did see this game Hayden Young get thrown in the midfield and I love that. I think he looks really good in there. So if he gets a midfield Rolex, uh, I think that could bring him back into relevancy. Um, but it might be a little bit too late um, for us to really get a look at that and see if that's going to be something that's permanent. But I think he's an elite player, elite kick of the footy. So he just needs to get more of it in his hands and he'll score a ton. Um, I think that's the only thing holding him back. And then obviously, Caleb Sarong, 84, mate. I, I was a bit disappointed um, with that, putting him in my captaincy selections. He's, um, he's dogged me there, to be honest with you. He's cost you an ice bucket, and I'd be definitely emailing Caleb Sarong to uh, to tell him that he's let you down and then he needs to do better. But look, this does seem to be the outlier for him. He's had such a good season, and we knew he was going in there. Yeah, 43% efficiency, X. 43. You could close your well, eyes. Well, we knew, we knew he was going in with an... <laughs> you could. We knew he was going in with a niggle, so 
Um, I think if he was ever going to have a bad week, this was probably the week we expected him to do so. But yeah, he has he has dogged you. No, yeah, he's tough as nails. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even think that bothered him. It's just a, a rough game, kicking efficiency. He still had plenty of the footy, didn't he? Like he had thirty two disposals. So how to use that properly? Um, you know, he's scoring really well. He had one hundred and six dream team points. So. You know, that's not too bad um, by any means. Uh, the other two talking points in this game, X, is it's probably head-to-head in terms of, of who was disappointed more. Um, and we'll start off with your man, Johnson. He, he copped the sub as well uh, with 32. <laughs> what was going on, mate? He was he was the out-and-out Bailey Humphrey uh, 2.0, and, and and now he's he's gone back to, to not being relevant. Well, yeah, you're Omira. Can you please get injured again? Because when he's in the side, Matt Johnson is like a lost sheep. But in, in I guess, defence, Johnson just played horribly. He really didn't play well at all. He couldn't find the footy like he did last week. And I was surprised to see him get subbed out, to be honest. But yeah. uh, look, at the same point in time, he wasn't doing much. So probably fair enough. And Frio, yeah, they, they were nowhere. So they, you could have subbed any one of the players players out and it wouldn't have been a surprise to be honest um except for jackson that's probably the only one that was safe but everyone else was pretty average dom sam sturt um probably was he was a late inclusion we'll we'll get we'll get on to sam sturt in a minute mate we've got other things to talk about just before sam sturt i was just trying to get off johnson if if you couldn't tell but yeah let's let's get on to your man for because this is at at least a point of relief for me did, did I catch much of his game? Well, let me think about it, X. Uh, I did. Um, yeah, so five. <laughs> I did say I did say this literally on, on the Thursday slash Friday podcast last week that um, he's a danger. He's a danger to go back to his old form habits, and if you don't have him, don't get him in because he's he's no sure thing um, by any means, especially with with the A coming in and. His centre bounces sort of dropped from 54 to 35, and, and your man Johnson went from 42 to 17. So a huge hit Jeez, for, for both of them. huge hits. Yeah. That's huge. And I, I said, look, if he drops even 5 or 10%, that's 20 points. X, he's, he's dropped 20%, and that's um, 50 points. So. All his points. <laughs> he lost all so his he points. Lost a, yeah, he <laughs> lost a lot of them. And he kicked a goal as well, which sort of helped him get to a, a semi-reasonable score, which allows him to still have a lowish break even. So I'm not too mad about it. It is what you sort of expect. And he's a cover player, so I didn't use his score this week at all anyway. So I'm not mad about it, um, but I'll be mad about it if he, if he does another week of this um, this coming weekend because I need his score desperately. And then, yeah, so you just touched on before, a late call-up Sam Sturt. He actually looked pretty solid out there, probably one of the few players that could probably hold their heads high with how they played. Um, obviously, one of the one of the better players in, in terms of hitting the scoreboard, two goals, two. Could have been a little bit more accurate around goals, would have been handy. But finally getting a game, the big fella. Dragon, he's done enough to sort of secure his spot this week. Well, he's um, he's the top scorer for the Dockers, so you'd think they they keep him in the squad, given they only managed thirty six mm-hmm. points between them. So, I would say, given uh, Sturt himself kicked fourteen of those, he should probably hold his spot. He literally kicked more than a third of the the Dockers score. So, yeah, look, I'm hopeful, and and what a week to to have him as well, Dom, because I think we're looking for absolutely anyone, even if they're of Sturt's quality, to be on the field this week. Mate, so if he plays thing, this week, fingers that's huge. crossed. Yeah, if he plays this week, that's huge. And if I'm looking at someone getting dropped, Dexy, I might be looking at your other man, Johnson. No, stop. He could stop. Be, don't. He could be on the chubby don't. line. 
don't wish it. We should drop Jaeger first. It'd be better for both of us, Don. But I want to get on to a cause that's closer to your heart. That being oh, the Tigers mate. taking on the Saints, you would have absolutely loved watching this one. I'm sure. Mate, it was back to the good old days where Trek Cochin was relevant, um, playing his 300th game. He he had an absolute class performance and, and went to his old routes of, of playing in the midfield, which is really good to see rather than being um, on the half forward flank and. Uh, I love beating St Kilda, um, especially because that they've beaten us a few times, especially during our premiership year. One of the games they beat us by like 80 points out, out of nowhere, um, and that was an absolute thrashing. So always enjoy it when we can get it over the Saints, and, and especially with how they're going this year, they're starting to get a little bit chirpy. So good to put one back in, <laughs> into them. Um, and it also, like I think it makes us slightly more relevant for the finals race, but not shooing anything in by any means because we've obviously got the buy this week and it lets everyone else catch up to us a bit more and get a little bit further ahead as well. Um, but yeah, Supercoach-wise, a fairly interesting game. I'd say it's probably lower on the scoring side of things. There's not really any ceiling games, uh, ceiling game out of anyone um, for this one. But uh, to be Taranto, mate, like ever since Kane Corners came out and said, um, you know, he's no good and he can't kick, um, he's basically been the best recruit this season and <laughs> continues to put up pretty much 30 every game um, with 10 tackles and a goal pretty much every game so yeah I you, I just can't I can't fault him he kicked an absolute clutch game win a goal and Saints had missed two really easy set shots out in the full um, and it goes down at the end of the Tigers and he kicks a, a really hard snap um, that goes straight through the middle and, and sort of sealed it for us and that was Obviously, great to see for me. Um, just to get back on the winners list for, for the Tigers, mate. It, it, it makes me happy, um, to be honest. So, good to see you. Trek Cochin, mate. He's he could be back. He's he's in he's in discussions for being a good mid price. I've looked at him this week. If he's got his midfield role back, actually, what do you reckon you get him in? Moving on, uh, what a waste of time that is. So, Shy Bolden, he had an average game this week, Dom, fifty six points. Um, wasn't his usual self, but in saying that, it was a wet weather football, so there wasn't a lot of people that thrived in that. I think even TT, like. He got so much of it, it didn't matter, but he didn't use it very well. But Shai Bolton still kicked three goals. Like You're thinking like, he had a pretty good game if you're looking at that, and then yeah, you're looking at the yeah, score, you're like, oof. Yeah, he just he butchered the football something fierce. He was, um, yeah, he was responsible for seven clangers, Dom. So <laughs> that just goes to show when you only have it, th- what, 18 times and yeah. almost half your possessions are clangers, that's probably what pulls you down to that score but we know he's a jet he'll bounce back he is that good anyone else on the Tigers side Don that you think is relevant and worth talking about uh Vlosten is a sneaky pod in the back line it always has has spike games obviously had an okay game this one um but yeah I think he's a sneaky good selection in the back half of the year I can I can see him going big Jaden Short He's always sort of in the discussions, but he gets thrown around a bit too much to sort of know what's going on. But he seems to be back on that halfback Rolex. And you can see that in the last three weeks since um, he's chucked Cochin back in the midfield and we've chucked Short on, on the halfback flank again. And, and it feels like the Tigers of old in terms of the structure that we have around that. And we're getting really good drive from the halfback line and he's a really good kick of the footy as well. So I think when he's in his role, Lex, I think he's really solid um, and, and much more consistent than he is in that midfield role, similar to, I guess, Sinclair in that aspect. Um, so I think he's one to keep an eye on. And I guess even Koch in the last three weeks, mate, he had like 70% CBAs the last three weeks. And last, last week he put up 94. So I don't know. He's not the worst option either if I'm looking at it. 
Jeez, you must be desperate if you go on Koch. I feel for you and your team. It's three fifty k, mate. He's mid forward, mid forward. Um, <laughs> Why are we like mid, right, mid prices uh, at the end of the season? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. They're the best time to get them because you can't finish your side, <laughs> so you just get some mid prices in and, and let them go. Let them go at it. <laughs> that's the that's the only excuse I'll allow. If you if you genuinely can't get to a premium because you have cash gen issues, then I'll I'll talk to you about Cochin. But until then, absolutely not. And I know you're not one of those people in that situation, Dom. So let's cross over to the St Kilda side. Man, you mentioned before, um, in similarity to Short, was Jack Sinclair. He had no issue finding the footy this game. Clocked over thirty disposals again, um, for just one hundred and two points. It's what, what do you reckon the reasoning is behind that, Dom? He seemed to be really really solid and obviously started like a, a bull mm. out of the gates. Mm. He, I was looking at his score at halftime, like. I think he was on 70 points at halftime X. Um, and I was like, uh-oh, because <laughs> I don't have him. <laughs> uh, I think Hayden, the person I was playing, had him. And, um, yeah, I was like, this isn't, this isn't good. Uh, but, gee, he slowed down really quick, similar, I guess, Butters in that retrospect, um, which was good. Um, but uh, is it just attributed to, like, you're playing on the losing side, you're not getting any super coach points this week? I'm not sure the algorithm <laughs> there, X, but... Yeah, that, champion that, data's... That's had something the, to do with it. They've hired a new bloke. They've hired um, a new bloke there, and he doesn't know what's going on. Now we've chatted about we've chatted about um, Sinclair. Let me chuck another interesting proposition at you. What oh, about I hate this? What about Brad Crouch, mate? Oh, just Brad Crouch. She's a sneaky pod. Sneaky building. Sneaky into, pod. No, but he's sneakily building into form, and I, I can see him having a really strong push to the back end of this season next. And you know, we've obviously seen Brad Crouch be super injury affected throughout his whole career and, and being really in and out of sides, um, obviously at St Kilda, but also at Adelaide as well. But he's strung together, mate, 14 games this year. He hasn't missed. Hasn't, hasn't missed. missed a game. Hasn't missed a game. No, that was that, that was a buy that they that he yeah, that's what didn't I mean. play. He hasn't so. missed. So um, Tons in the last three. That's, that's Tons in the last three, X. True. 510K. Jack Steele sucks. This could be an option. This could be an option. If if I'm picking between the two at the moment, he's so far ahead, it's not even funny. But the, the issue is now, you can no longer straight swap Jack Steele to Crouch. I still would be thinking about it. Mate, Brad Crouch is a great price point. I think if you can't afford those 600k players, you've got to get a little bit more creative in the midfield. And you're looking at 500k players. If you want someone at 510, they've already had their buy. Brad Crouch, he could be your man. Look, I think I think it's a fair shout, Tom, and I think we'll probably start coming into this as we get further and further nearing the end of the season where people have to start looking at options that aren't priced at 600k. So I like that you're continually throwing up a few names for people to consider. Um, I think we want to be careful when it comes to who we suggest, but look, I think Brad Couch is one of your better ones, mate, so well done on that. Um, I think there's probably no other names that really need to go through from this game. Probably, we'll probably kick on to the next one. Marcus Windhager. What about him? Nah, not interested. Why not, not interested, Dom. Why, why not? Well, he he let's let's say he hasn't had the best. He's he's a massive sub risk. It's good to see him finally play a full game. Negative um, eleven break have, even. Two hundred k. I just hate these two hundred k players. Like, well, you could have got him last a- week for a bit cheaper, but. One seventy five last week, you know, that's best yeah. But look at look at his look at his sample size before last week, Dom. We've got thirty four, five, twenty six, forty eight, fifty five, eight. Like, there's not a there's not a lot of numbers in that list that are telling me to pick him. So. It looks it looks like Matt Johnson's form line, mate. So 
Yeah, I'll probably steer clear. You're right. You're spot on. And yeah. Thanks for pointing I, I would ag- I would agree. And let's kick on to the Blue Baggers getting back on the winner's list for the first time in almost as long as I can remember, Dom. I don't remember who they beat last, ex, but it's ex, been a while. Mate, the Blues back? The Blues are definitely not back, but they're on their way to maybe being somewhere a little bit closer. Is that grey enough for you? Yeah, I'm not sure if the Blues are back or, or the sun's gone because it's the middle of the winter. Um, but yeah, like it, it's one of those two. Oh, I like X's, that. Yeah. Like that segue a lot, Don. That was, uh, that was well played. There's a couple of key talking points. This guy we mention every week, yet he flies under the radar some fierce. Adam Chera. You know why we mention him every week, Don? Because he's the top blue on the list every friggin' time. He's so good. 127 points and two goals. What a, what a player. Yeah, I think we're witnessing the the mantle being handed over uh, at the Blues, Exe, in, in the midfield, and he's definitely taking um, that by storm. And I guess what hurts me the most is, is I'm looking at um, when I got in Walsh. Um, this man was about 40k cheaper, um, maybe even a little bit more. Actually, he, he's probably about 50k cheaper, um, and now he's 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 worth 600k, and, and Walsh is worth 500k. So. Um, a little bit disappointed with how that's played out for me, X, and, and Walsh hasn't got any forward status. So this man, it hurts to see. Um, but on touching that on that, I thought Walsh had a pretty good game this game too, X, and I thought he was a little bit robbed in it. So not get scored a bit higher. It sort of didn't help that it was junk time pretty much after the after the second quarter. Yeah, I think he was just sort of hurt by the people above him continuing to have really good games, and there wasn't a lot of points to to get. But I thought he played really well too, Dom. He, he definitely looked good to the eye. He, he kicked two points as well. So if you could have just snagged one of those, you probably see him jump up to that sort of, you know, 115, 120 mark, which, you know, he's a really, really good score and something you'd be stoked with. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, Sam Doherty, mate, he continues to impress. And I think even his, his down game last week, he still looked pretty solid in it. Um, Gee, it's, it, he's, he's sort of putting together a pretty good argument to be a, a top six back this year. X and I, I think we're all sort of shooting fish in, you know, shooting fish in a barrel. That's, that's too easy, isn't it? Yeah. What's, no, the, what's, the, op, what's the opposite to sh- of shooting fish in a barrel? What's, uh, what's really hard? <laughs> we're, trying to, we're trying to find a needle in a haystack. With, with, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, trying to find better. a needle in yeah, a haystack with the top six back. So it is really just take your pick um, for that number six spot, I think, X. And... Doc's putting a case forward for me um, at a pretty good price point too. Whereas, I mean, to be fair, they all are. You're looking at Sinclair, he's at a pretty good price point. You look at Bailey Dale, he's at a pretty good price point. Houston, um, the Rockets sort of left there with him. He's actually, no, he's at a pretty good no, price point. Yeah, he's the same. They're, Jeez, they're five, all like priced I forgot the he had same. a really bad game last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, they're all priced the same. Yeah, so you really are just, just guessing on, on who that is. And God, Jared, look at Houston's last five weeks 128 114 112 47 146 gee there's a, it's a pretty good game and they have some pretty easy games coming up gee they have a really good end to the season gee Houston, I just don't Houston might be a problem yeah well Next. calm down because we're not talking about sorry back to the game back <laughs> we're, to the game. we're talking we're about Sam Doherty um, um, and, and, and Doherty one thing I'll say Tom is I just my only knock on Doherty is I feel like he has to do so much just to get an average score. Like, he got 111. That's obviously a pretty good score. But he got 32 touches. Mate, he does it every as, week, some... though. He, he, he just finds but when, the But footy. when he doesn't, he puts up 70. That's the issue I have with yeah, Doc. But, and, I, and, I, and I started Doherty. So, like, that just goes to oh, show so did, I rate him highly. Yeah, so did I. He started off terribly and he went in that form slump. But 
He's had a couple of spike games here and there, 135 or 124. I mean, 111 is not too bad for the back line. <laughs> I think if, if, you, um, if you think the Blues are back, Doherty's a great shout. That's, that's what I'll say. Um, but I think from the Blues side, that's probably everyone that we need to go through. Cripper well, bounced back, but if you trap. have Cripper in your side, you're, um, you're an absolute trooper. Cause that's he, a trap. He's not the player he has been in previous seasons, I'll say that much. Just leave him alone. Um, the Suns, Dom, the Suns, a pretty pretty sad-looking list, really, when you, when you look through their scores. You have just Anderson and Wits as you know, the they noble supercoach players. They barely the moved from halftime at all. <laughs> so, yeah, very very tough to watch um, in terms of if you have many Suns players in your side. And, I mean... There was a couple of, of decent scores in there in terms of, of I guess, Humphrey. You're not going to be disappointed with a 74 out of him. Tough game, tough opponents. Um, they'll get absolutely dominated in the midfield there. So that's always... Hum- Humphrey, he's so good, mate. Like he, his, his hands are He doesn't incredible. do a ton, but what, he looks really clean and flashy when he gets it, though, doesn't he? He's, he, just, he just does the small things really, really well. Like when... When he has to compete, he competes. Like they're not always super coach points, but like you would love to play with a guy like that. He's but absolutely fantastic. Do you want me to point through a little bit of a, an interesting stat for you, XCR? I'm not sure you're aware of this. And, and well, I don't think you'll give me a choice. I think you're going to tell me regardless. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely spot on. So the Gold Coast obviously lost this week. You know, and where do they get where do they get beaten next? Can you tell me where they got beaten? Did you watch this game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, where, I did watch this game. Where do they get beaten? They got beaten in the midfield, mate, Perfect. in that okay. second so they got quarter. They got, got flogged. They got flogged in the midfield, right? And who had a ton of midfield time, you reckon, that typically doesn't always have a ton of midfield time? Especially the last few games, which they won. He actually got barely any. Uh, but guess who's back in the midfield? Uh, it would be Davies. Davies. Bloody Davies, mate. He is terrible. So Humphrey went from 40% to 7% CBAs. And then Davies back in there from nine percent to forty, and they lose. Can can Stewie do? Can can he start getting switched on and understanding that Davies shouldn't even be in the side? We can probably drop him and, and get rid of him, um, and just put Humphrey in the midfield, um, and then we can just. Stewie Drew is a horrible coach, Dom. And this, actually, this is one of the reasons. I'm why. starting to. I, I like him. I liked him, but I'm I'm starting. He's starting to convince me otherwise. Actually, just because. It doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you putting a good midfield mix that is working? Why are you changing that this week? And, and also, Tom, like, when the chips were down, so after you, were, after you have the Blues pile on a nine-goal quarter, right, mm. is that the point where you think, all right, let's chuck some young guns in there in Humphrey, let's change some things, well, get something happening? He, he did, didn't do it. He did chuck some stuff in there. He chucked Powell and, and Holman in there um, in the second half, which was... Yeah, not very effective. And who cares about those guys? We want the humper in there. Yeah, the humper. The humper. <laughs> it is almost criminal that he got 7% CBAs. Like, uh, excuse me? Like, come on. That's just that's just silly. Um, so I think look for that to change this week, X, and that's just going to only... Like, I mean, it just that goes to show Humphrey's score of 74 is actually quite impressive with the role that he had this week um, as well. Obviously, kicking a goal helps as usual. Um, but I guess another person to talk about here, obviously... Um, is, is Rory Atkins, mate, the, the rat. Um, he gets thrown all over the place, doesn't he? Uh, another guy that I think Stewie deep down absolutely loathes. Like, I think if Stewie Drew had a choice in their list, he would get rid of Atkins that quick. It's not even funny. He seems to play a different role every week. And the thing is, when Atkins got swung back to playing a halfback role, 
he got them going. He was the reason they actually hit the board a little bit in the second mm. half. He, I think he set up a, sort of two goals and then had a chance to kick two of his own throughout the game. One was early, admittedly, but one was quite late um, yeah. uh, that he sort of didn't make the distance with. But it's it's just one of those things. It baffles you when you look at... Like, Rory Atkins could have easily had a sort of 80-85 score if he just played there from the get-go. That's the thing. You're looking like players who are playing that role. It's Joel Jeffrey and it's Ben Long um, who are sort of playing that role. And they've played pretty horrible this week. And Atkins is actually surprisingly... Look, I don't think he, he's a tough footballer by any means. I don't think he does the, the best actions that I love. But if I was going to compare him to a player, it's probably similar to a, a Jake Lloyd type, who's not the, the best defender by any means, but he can really help give you some drive and some accuracy off that half-back line. So I, I think I love him there. That's sort of why I, I held him this week, because I need his score um, for this coming round. And... Yeah, I think he did pretty well to get close to that break even. I think he was sitting on like 15 at half-time X and was just sort of sitting there like, oh, we're going to lose some serious cash. Um, no thanks to Stewie Dew, Dom. That's all I'll say is he did his best to keep him where he was and um, and Atkins had to try his hardest to get somewhere if you, if near a reasonable about, score for us. If you think about his second half, that's equivalent to pretty much a 50-point second half, isn't it? So that's that's on track for a ton and, and a really solid score um, in that role. So... Let's just let's just pray that he plays that role this week and, and we could be in for a, a solid service and, and might get rid of him the week after, but we'll see how we go there. Um, obviously, Matt Rowe and, and Anderson probably a little bit disappointing. Um, not too bad, but for what you sort of want out of them, they've sort of been a little bit down the last few weeks, X. And... Yeah, nothing exciting, Dom. And I think the way the, um, the Suns are tracking, you probably don't want either at the moment, which look, has always been the case. I think, you know, if you're getting them, you're getting them because they're a pod and they're going to have some big weeks, but they're also going to have some average weeks. And, and that's what this week was. I think to, to close out this game, Dom, just because Angwin managed to get a mention for his negative one, well, I think it's only <laughs> fair that we give Tommy Berry a mention for topping him with negative four before being subbed out of the game. It is a pretty um, great performance when you can pull that off, isn't it? Um, the negative X. I, I want to ask you, mate, how much money do you reckon he lost this week? Just off the top of your head. Well, this one I actually haven't looked at, so yeah, I have I know, no idea. But I'm, I'm guessing 7K. No, he's only lost 1K, so he must have had a break yeah. even of like, what, like negative <laughs> two? <laughs> I mean, he is, he is only priced at what, like 140 or something? Like 150. He's pretty yeah. cheap. Yeah, he's pretty cheap. Yeah, he's been he's been a tough run of form. I'd say he might be looking to be booted from the side X. And and as he's getting booted, mate, we'll move on to to the next game, which is actually a... speaking of booted, Dom Eddie Ford, next guy on the list. Let's boot him. Useless. Yeah, that's a bit aggressive. He lets us down one time, X, and um, yeah, that's what you've got to say about him. Well, well, Dom, what happened is Eddie Ford forgot he had a foot. And, and just started hand-passing literally everything. Yeah, but, mate, look, 81% efficiency, that's pretty bloody good. <laughs> yeah, and so, so is 30 points. I loved it. Didn't even manage to take my park. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you might have uh, not scored for me as well, uh, which is a bit tough. I think... What about Georgie Wardlaw, mate? Did he manage to, to get on the scorer's list? I don't know. I think him or Fife might have been. I think he might have got Fife by two points. <laughs> I think Fife got him by one point actually. I no, did Fife put up forty seven. I can't yeah. take it back. The rifle, the rifle's on the score sheet this week. <laughs> Huge. Um, but yeah, so I guess like first and foremost, I guess before we, we get into the scores too much here, X. Obviously, uh, we saw our man James O'Donnell um, dropped from from this game. So if we just have a, a moment of silence just to reflect on 
that's uh, and just to remember what he what he gave us when he was in the side. So just a, a short brief silence would would be good. Uh, wait, what are we what are we doing? <laughs> okay, that's that's absolutely enough. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this before we get too deep into it, Dom. That is uh, ridiculous behaviour. I I, um, I can't believe you've just pulled that out. But um, look, I, I think on the on the North Melbourne side, one one thing that was a positive note. I know we started with the negatives. Uh, pretty early on here, but Sheasel looked uh, like he had his old role back with Aaron Hall going out of the side. Um, pretty impressed with him, mate. I know you got rid of him. Are you sort of sad to see him turn his form like that? Yep, I am, especially. Well, I mean, I got, I got Yo, so it's not all doom and gloom um, until Yo gets injured. Um, but, yeah, look, when you've seen... I, I literally messaged you this year. You see Sheasel with 0% CBAs. God, he looks like a good footballer because he just gets all the cheap footy out the back and... He's a really solid user of it. Um, he went at 81% efficiency X, but he had 19 kicks. Tell me how that's 103 points. I am genuinely baffled with that. He had a, he, look, he did have a pretty bad third quarter where he sort of gave away a couple of frees for holding the ball and Yeah, but he got, whatnot, a free, but he got one free that. kick as well. I think, yeah, I think he needs to have an inquiry into this game. Cause he I, I think we need points. to have a look at champion data because some weird stuff happened this round, and that, that definitely is one of them, Dom. It's, but we did it say too low. he was on the losing side. And, you know, for this week, apparently, if you're on the losing side, you're getting scaled down at least 20%. Um, so... Yeah, he's, he's been taxed a little bit there. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't make too much sense for me. Obviously, even Goldie had a huge game X, and he only put up 119 um, as well. So that was a bit of an interesting one to see. He took, like, four or five intercept marks in the back line as well and went 80% efficiency with 43 hitouts. Um, that should be 140, 150 in my books. Yeah, well, I'm glad it's not because no one has Goldie and points going to him is a waste of time. Uh, another guy that was... De- <laughs> have, some respect for, was... have some respect for your elders, mate. Every time I, I talk I'm, about someone I'm who's a bit older, you I've just... blasted Goldie. You've blasted Goldie, you've blasted <laughs> Shannon Hearn, you've blasted anyone who's over the age of bloody 30. Um, well, dear listen, because we're the baby bombers at the moment. We don't, we don't need old people. They've done nothing for us, so move them on. Um, Taron Thomas was obviously fairly solid, Dom. He seems to be able to find the ball, no worries at all. But 75 points wasn't overly exciting, but there was no points on the North Melbourne side of the fence anyway. People who did go him are probably feeling okay with life. Again, you, you didn't win, but you didn't lose this week. Wait, who are you talking about? Taron Thomas. Oh, uh, Taron Thomas. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, you probably got pretty well rewarded, to be honest. I think that's a fine score. Um, given the scaling and, and how everyone else scored in North Melbourne, it probably should be about a 50 compared to how, how Sheasel played. So, um, yeah, look... I think that's a, he's going to be a good pick. Yeah, it's just that buy that was the, the only thing that really turned me off him, to be honest. And the price point is a little bit too high for my liking. Um, but he didn't score any goals this game and scored okay. So you can see if he scores one goal there, he's probably up to that 85 90 that you're looking for as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Let's, um, let's jump across to the more interesting side of the fence, and that's where all the points seem to be as well. The Western Bulldogs, we know they can score. We're well aware that they have some of the best supercoach players in the AFL. Uh, and this game proved to say exactly that, with a lot of people having monsters. Bontempelli, Dom, went bananas in the fourth quarter um, and the late third even as well, kicking three goals and getting 32 touches. I had the big C on him, which I just wanted to reiterate, was the reason Dom's going to be getting an ice bucket over his head. But Bont was simply fantastic. Yeah, um, look... He was good, and he has some super coach um, like hoodoo 
over over the points he gets, and he can literally just look at the footy and, and get f- plus five points for that. So doesn't even have to touch it. It's crazy. Yeah, it is wild. Um, and he was just like it was just going up and up and up, and the, the scaling was just getting him higher and higher. Um, which, was, which was good to see, and, and obviously um, a few goals always helps with that. But I, I guess another point to touch on, it's probably a little bit different. I have been chatting about this the last few weeks as well, is Adam Trelaw seems to be that sneaky good pick lately, doesn't he? He, he went bang as well. If, if you, like, because Trelaw at one point in time was like really low 530s. If you managed to jump on him then, God, you've, you've ridden some good scores. And like, he's looking... Good. Like, remember that game, Dom, um, that we thought he did his hammy? Like, yeah, he went down yeah, that, the race, threw, he threw, threw his mouth, mouth guard. Yeah. Everyone was like, he's done, he's done. And you'd be absolutely kicking yourself. Well, he's had three tons in the last three games. Um, and they've been big tons. Like, 131, mm. 122, 142. So, Trelaw, as you say, he seems to be one of those. I just don't know how the dogs get so many points, Dom, to be honest. There's so many tons on their side of the fence. Yeah, it's just, even, even when they're losing. You're looking at Daniel, mate, and you're looking at the sixth highest score on the dogs. You're like, oh, it's probably going to be like an 85. He's still tutted up. You look at the seventh, <laughs> probably Dale 95. You're like, hello, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, like obviously good to see English bat, uh, bounce back as well with 133 um, this week as well. He was pretty monstrous around the ground and even managed to get a cheeky snag too, which helped X. Um, you're not an English owner, are you, mate? No, I'm. I'm not. I've got. I've got Briggs, who's obviously bringing me more joy than English would have anyway. But, um, I think if if Briggs does get to a point where you know he gets injured or his form drops, um, English will be the likely upgrade. Who's, who's your other ruck? Is it Marshall? Yeah, it is. Why Marshall. just upgrade Marshall to English? Uh, I'm not that sold on Briggs yet, and I've got bigger issues. So, mm. uh, might, be, that's might be a later of... thing you could think about um, as well, but. Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot, there's a lot of food to thought uh, food for thought in, in terms of the back line as well, and and Bailey Dale and, and Caleb Daniel are really sort of putting their hands up as well. Like that wasn't really a great performance by them by any means, and it's always always sort of can be a bit tough when you're playing North Melbourne. But to be fair, they were super competitive. It wasn't um, a one sided affair by any means this game, um, but they still put up pretty competitive scores. Yeah, I think look, Daniel has priced himself out for a little while. He's at six thirty five. Yeah. So if if you can so touch him, probably looking at Dale, you have a ton yeah. of cash. Yeah, Dale. But, look, Dale's priced, but he's probably priced where he should be. Like, he's still five twenty four. He's very similar to Doherty. He's very similar to Lloyd. So, again, probably a very similar player too in terms you know of capability. You know what scares me about Dale though? Like, how far off is the likes of Ed Richards, and how far off is the likes of JJ? Um, as well, and like if you get him in, and then say even like the last two games, you've got a JJ and Ed Bridge to the side, you're probably going to be hampered the scoring a little bit, and that's that could hurt you down the line. So that could be and the other thing that I think is overarching to Dom is like how many points can the Bulldogs possibly? Uh, have? Unlimited, mate. I, I that's silly. That's a silly point. Unlimited like points. They do it every but, week. Well, mate, he couldn't get to a ton, and he lit the house on fire so early this game. He was on, I think, mm. 40 at quarter time. Yeah. So he was going bananas and then ended up on 95. But like, that's because Waitman, Waitman kicked six goals too. Like, you know, it was it was going everywhere. So I, I generally wouldn't even... I think the more dogs get in the side, the more the more chance you've got to get in hundreds. Exy, that's... Uh, that's might might, might fill my last midfield position with, um, with Libba then. Well, yeah, Libertore, a pretty solid game, 115, <laughs> though. Like, he always tackles and, and kicked a cheeky one point, which which could be a nice goal, too. Um, he had ages to sort yeah. of compose himself and kick that and missed, which was uh, a bit depressing. Jeez, I thought he kicked it, too. The yeah. crowd was cheering like he did, and I thought... Yeah. 
Uh, well, originally, Dom, actually, uh, and uh, this is probably the perfect time to get into it. Originally, uh, my head-to-head game this week in our um, in our league between uh, all our close mates, um, I was told that I was up against Liberatore, so I picked Bont as my captain and he picked Liver, only to find out that um, this guy, and Nelson, one of our good mates, um, actually gave you a sneaky phone call uh, about what to do finally coming into the last game of the round, whether to quickly swap from what we'd agreed upon in terms of Libba versus Bond. Uh, and he threw the C on Bond, uh, and I was told that you advised him to do so. Can you, uh, can you explain yourself, please? Yeah, look, absolutely, X, and I appreciate the plug, mate, because, um, you know, some coach advice, it, it isn't free, and it's sometimes going to cost you some time and some effort. So he did give me a bell, X, and I was going to get something out of this. Like, I, I did move from, from second to the top of the ladder again, X, and, you, and you've actually slid all the way down to three in our league. So that's a huge result for me, um, for, for Nelson to get the win there. So happy to sort of advise him to do that. And I, I guess it's a, it's a good segue as well, X, if you want some advice on your team, especially even trades this week, Exy and captain stuff, you, you head over to Supercoach underscore Spotlight at Instagram, mate, and I'll, uh, I'll give you some, some good advice if you give us a little cheeky message. Um, so keep that in mind, X. So thanks for the plug, mate. Appreciate it. And um, yeah, it's tough being on the loser's board this week, wasn't it? Especially with the highest yeah, well, score than what uh, I had. <laughs> yeah, well, I, was, I was the third highest score in our league. Um, and, and this, like, Nelson, uh, there's 170, uh, 187,000 people playing Supercoach Dom. I reckon he's 186,000th in rank. Like, he, well, his team bad. is rubbish. And, uh, he's, look, he's probably not. That's a bit of an exaggeration. But it's, I'm just absolutely... I feel betrayed by the fact we agreed on mm. not going the same captain. Uh, and then he's double-crossed me uh, and taken the chockies. Mate, so, that, I'm, I'm a bit flat. Look, that sounds like you've played poker and someone's lied to you. And you're disappointed that they've lied to you. Like, it's part of the game, mate. You know, like, if you, if you don't like that, then you don't like Supercoach. It's a, it's just gentleman's agreement, mate. I'm I'm a traditionalist, and and that's the way it is. I guess um, Dom, the, the last talking about this game, mate, is probably your mate too, uh, Jack McRae. Um, obviously had a bit of a down game um, this week, actually. It, it feels strange not um, talking about Jimmy O'Donnell. So it's so strange yeah, finishing been, on on we, Jack McRae. But. You think we have a bit of extra time um, to, to, to sort of chat about a few more Bulldogs players, which is which is probably needed to be fair. But yeah, McRae, mate, like he's he's sort of gone out of the rotations completely in the midfield, getting 0% CBAs this game. Actually, he had 3% last week, obviously scored well. But 0% this week and a bit of a tougher assignment um, in terms of him getting the footy. It was sort of not down his direction. He wasn't really targeted as much as he normally is. Are you uh, concerned? Probably, no, not at all. Um, if anyone had watched the game, you would have seen that um, the Shields decided McRae was the one that he wanted to run with. Um, and uh, Shields, he, he knows how to nullify a player. And McRae actually still did fairly well while Shields was sort of following around. He's still got 21 possessions. I think um, just just a down game. And he's shown us a couple of these through the year. So nothing to sort of jump at shadows with. He's um, mm. he's still a good player. He, you know, realistically, he just went on that rare... Um, run of games, didn't he, where he went 145, 145. Uh, but outside of that, he sort of only averaged the low ton anyway. So this happens. Yeah, but that's probably why I wasn't super keen on him. Like, I'm not sure he's even a lock to be in the top six forward, actually. Oh, he absolutely is, mate. Um, you're, you're kidding yourself. Have a look at the list. Of the top six forwards? Yeah. I've had a he, look he's, at the list. I think he's sitting, he's sitting fourth at the moment. I just don't see... Any, I, like, again, it's not that right, thick and far. All right, let's... Gee, he's sitting... Actually, at the moment... He's sitting fourth, you reckon? 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure he is. He's yeah. sitting fourth. I mean, look, I've got it up. He's sitting fourth, right? And below him, we've <laughs> That's got. What I said. No, but stop, 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 stop. You're, you're ruining my point. You've got to understand okay, actually, that go on. he's got the buy this week. So everyone's going to sort of jump up a bit, and we've got a few. few Don't sort of the other players Goulden. in the top six have buys. Everyone no, else has buys. Goulden, no buy. Shy Bolton, no buy. Luke Jackson. Sneaky no buy, um, but obviously his scoring's going to drop off a cliff when uh, Darcy comes back. McRae's, McRae's still 150 ahead of both of those. Oh, look, mate, I think there's a chance. Caleb Daniel like, is obviously going to move up a bit. So we only need one more person to come up. So if we get Goulden to, to overtake McRae, we're there. That's all we need. Um, so I'm, I'm not sold on him. I don't think I want him. Just before before we we finish, I just want to reiterate how poorly constructed that argument was. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I don't think he's a top six have, forward. From your this, point to have from this point to have merit from from the next game, Golden has to come out and put no, no, like no. one hundred and eighty points. No, but that's even from this point forward. I just don't think he's a top six forward. Um, okay. And his price point. Well, it's it's his a hot price take. Point's and way too and hot. Like for, for what he is. You're renowned. I, I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay his price point now. But like I've had him from day dot. So it just is what it is for me. Yeah, no, that is fair. I think a few people probably would have traded him in, and I guess we'll probably look to see not this week but next week everyone and their and their dog trading Dan Houston um, as well. So they they absolutely will. That's a, that is a a good shout. Watch him coming yeah, to every so, side following this yeah, fire. I'll be bringing him in, uh, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, but Dom, I think that brings us to a close for the Monday edition of the Supercoach Spotlight. Um, if you haven't already, jump on to our Instagram page and give us a follow. It is Supercoach underscore Spotlight. Uh, along with Thursday's edition, or will it be Friday this week, Dom? The, the second edition of the pod? Is that when we're thinking? Thursday night, Friday morning, yeah. Yeah, okay. So along with that, we'll probably see an upload of Dommer honouring the bet we made on the captain's challenge with a nice bucket over his head, similar to the chili challenge that's already up on our Instagram page. So give it a follow and, uh, and join in the fun and um, look to jump into things again on Thursday night, Friday morning. Dommer. Yeah, mate, make the outro a bit longer if, if you could, please. <laughs> Goodbye.